Hello and welcome to the 90th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I am joined again by Josh Simer. Crum, I just caught the episode of this pod, the episode title of this podcast, and I love it. The pod is not rescinded. Yeah. <laughs> this pod is not rescinded, just like, well, not like Blaney's penalty, which was rescinded because it. Uh, there was some weird stuff going on with the tool they used to measure it that they realized once they got everything back to the shop. Uh, apparently, the penalty they were going to give him uh, for his shock length was very odd and um, unexpected. So they kind of did some extra due diligence and then said, oh, our bad. We screwed that up. Um, it gave me a 2x FanDuel lineup, though, so I'm not complaining. I hope the people that did have Blaney in their FanDuel lineups still got some kind of compensation if not i'm sorry uh and if you had blaney as a top 10 i don't know what happened in terms of sports books but hopefully you were made whole in one way or another because you probably went on a roller coaster with those penalties and whatnot um but yeah tell let us know it reach out to us on the the social medias of the time whatever they happen to be and uh at irace we gamble at gmail.com if you want to email us because emails emails tried and true you know social media comes and goes emails emails are always a thing is what i like to say but uh so, wait yeah, a minute. hold on go, go back to the fan duel thing yeah um because we had him in our guys we missed lineup correct and i'm looking at my history of my scores and they still have him as a 30 set 36th finish yeah, exactly. That's my point. Oh, so your lineup didn't... I didn't have him, which gave me a boost over all the lineups like that one that did. Oh. Which is the only... Because re- I was out of the money after I, I looked after the race, like before we found out about the penalty, and I wasn't in the money. And I was like, oh, eh, you know, it goes that way sometimes. I was just outside the money. And then the Blaney penalty comes along. And when I'm going to do the, the show prep on a Monday and looking at, you know, finishing position, I see Blaney 36. And I'm like, wait a second, he got a penalty. And so what ended up happening is that because of that penalty, all the lineups with Blaney got moved down and my lineup boosted up into the points or into the money. Um, so, yeah, it sucks for if you had Blaney in your lineup and you got bumped out of the money, especially if you had a winning lineup. I feel like that's a little bit ridiculous. I feel like that should be changed again. I, I agree, but like at this point, what do you do? Like the problem is it's a competition between users. So I think like they can't take away my money and give it to someone else, right? That's that's the so, issue. They they need to make those people whole. I agree with you. They, they should they take, could out, take out of their rake. Yeah, exactly. They're making plenty. I agree with you. Yeah. They, they they can afford to make people whole on the like this is the payout if this happened, this is the payout if this happened, both count. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure there's some type of fine print of blah 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 when it becomes completely official, yada yada. We run it, that's when it's done. Yep. But I don't know. I don't like I don't love it. No, it's 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 a stat correction that doesn't get corrected correctly. <laughs> it's a really stupid way to say it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's really the big news this week uh, after Vegas, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, first, did want to touch on some football stuff. So 
Josh, I'm going to throw it to you. I want you to tell us what should we do with our football lineups this week? Yeah, so we're doing just a little special segment here because I'm riding high after uh, <laughs> finishing in eighth place in a 1,000-person GPP tournament on DraftKings last weekend uh, with an absolutely bananas lineup. Um, the only person I really kind of missed out on having was A.J. Brown, Um who would have been a nice consolation prize, but the fact that I had Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, and Tyree Kill in the lineup, who all had just absolutely incredible days, uh, was more than enough to boost me up into the top 10 there. Um, but one of the... Uh, the thing that actually... It was an 8x win. If the Miami Dolphins hadn't decided that they were winning the game very handedly and it was time for Mike White to come in for Tua. Uh. Mike White came in and threw one pass. It was a pick six. Oh, no! And And the defense that I started was the Panthers. Oh, my God which jumped them from minus two points to four points, hitting them as a exact value selection at $2,000 to have them in my lineup. That's awesome. This is on FanDuel? This is on DraftKings. Oh, DraftKings. Sorry. Just want to clarify for the audience because clearly I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like doing my... Uh, I like doing my DFS plays for the NFL on DraftKings. I just think they... Uh, it feels like the algorithm is updated a little more regularly than mm. FanDuel's. FanDuel seems to be a little more reactionary to the last week, where DraftKings, to me, feels more reactionary to the season as a whole. Interesting. Okay, something to keep in mind. So that was a, a fun, fun way to... Uh, basically, uh, that ensured my 8x... If I do the math and I take those six points out, it actually drops me all the way down to only a 2x win. Wow. So thank you, Mike White. Yeah. (laughs) Coming in for one pass and throwing a touchdown to the wrong team. I will say it wasn't quite enough for me because I had the Panthers plus 14 and a half. And I was looking great when they were up 14 to zero. I'm like, surely, surely they won't lose by more than 28 to 14, right? Or like 31 to 17, maybe. No, they lost by three touchdowns. So that was one of many losses I took on Sunday in the NFL, which is why Josh is leading this segment and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If I would have, if I would have been betting last weekend, I would have probably also been on the Panthers. Obviously, it's arguably one of the top five teams against arguably the worst team in the NFL, but 14 and a half points is a lot of points in the NFL. Exactly. I I was thinking a little bit of a letdown. And you know what? It was a little bit of a letdown, but only in the first half. Yeah, first quarter even. Yeah. All right. So, Crum asked me to go through my DFS lineup this week and kind of go through my process here and he's gonna interject from time to time and ask me questions about 
things in the build construction. So the first thing I always do is I go straight down to the defense and special teams. Can I wait? Can I interject immediately? Yep. Are you doing? Uh, is this single entry or, or do you do like? I guess do you do you do any particular type of tournament lineup or tournament style? Single entry GPP. Okay. Thank you. And GPP for anybody who doesn't understand what I'm saying is it is a tiered payout based on your points and it is not like a a cash game would be 50 50 um where there'd be a thousand people in the top 500 get paid this is the tournament style where only the top five percent of scores or whatever gets paid and break up the winning winning out of there so first thing I do is I go to my defense. I pick the cheapest defense on the board. This week, that is the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. So I lock them immediately into my lineup. They are only $2,000. For this particular week, looking at the landscape of things, you have... Alvin Kamara and Travis Etienne playing tonight on Thursday, so they are not eligible. You have Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey maybe and Alexander Madison playing Monday night, so they are not eligible. You have DeAndre Swift and who are the Eagles playing? Uh, the Dolphins. So Mostert, Jeff Wilson, all the those guys are all just completely out of the pool because this is only the Sunday 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. Then you also have factors like Kyron Williams, who's been really good, injured. Um, There's just a lot of running back injuries. David Montgomery, injured. Um, Jameer Gibbs, injured and maybe not playing. What, last I saw, uh, Montgomery was questionable. Is that is it been updated to like he's definitely out, or is it still questionable? Do you know? He's still officially listed as questionable. He is not playing. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him again until week 11 after their bye week. Gotcha. So you have a lot of running backs who are out right now, which is really thinning down the running back pool. The way that I'm looking at this, because I like to be slightly contrarian when I'm building this, that means there's going to be a lot of people taking those backups. Um, somebody like um, Evans for the Rams, the rookie running back there, is going to be a very, very popular pick because he's going to be priced really, really cheaply. I address this build as you know what, let me take the running backs that I really like and I'll find wide receivers. Because as I was looking through my year-long fantasy teams, I've noticed that I have a lot of wide receivers with very favorable matchups. So I kind of figured I could save some money there. So I started out my lineup and I took, after the New England defense, I put Josh Jacobs into my lineup. 
He's getting more usage. He's one of the top three running backs in targets and receptions right now in the NFL. It's full PPR, point per reception on DraftKings. He's getting better and better each week right now, kind of just like he did last year with missing training camp. He missed training camp again this year and got exponentially better and became one of the best running backs to have in fantasy. And he's playing the Chicago Bears. These are all things that tell me Josh Jacobs should just be locked into your lineup. He's very expensive. He's 7400 this week. He is the third most expensive running back on the board behind Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley. And do, then, you, prefer, do you prefer him over Bijan Robinson, who's just below him at 7300 because Bijan's playing the Bucks? Like and that's a absolutely okay. Makes sense. That is one hundred percent the reason why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure I'm on the same page. Yep. So then I went into my running backs and said, "Okay, who's the next guy on this list that I really, I really do like." Bijan against the Bucks, I don't like. David Montgomery not expecting him to play. Kyron Williams is out. Aaron Jones still questionable. Aaron Jones actually has the best matchup on paper this week. Um, yeah. But he's still limited in practice right now. He tried to play before their bye and was completely ineffective. I'm playing a let's see it a week before we start considering him in the pool again. Jonathan Taylor, I think at best is a 50-50 split again. Um, that also takes out Zach Moss. James Cook is a running back on the Buffalo Bills, and they, for some reason, are allergic to running backs there. So he's <laughs> out of contention for me. So I ended up actually you know, scrolling through here. I'm not going to name every single name that I went over. Um, but ultimately, I ended up falling on Jerome Ford, for the Browns against the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts defense doesn't scare me. I like the fact that despite seeing Kareem Hunt being used more last week and getting a touchdown, um, his head coach said he hasn't really taken a hit yet outside of practice. So we just wanted to, you know, get his legs churning and going again. I do think Jerome Ford's still the guy there. He led the team in snaps, led the team in touches. The Colts are a pretty favorable favorable matchup. They're the um, 11th best matchup for opposing running backs. Saves me a little bit of money there at 5,100. Yeah, so as I'm, of right now, I'm, I'm curious uh, if, like, because I, I was looking at the same list, and – Pardon me, was like, oh, what about Kenneth Walker? He's still on the pricey side of 7,000, but he's playing Seattle or he's playing Arizona. Um, might be a decent matchup for him as well. But is he just like, do you just not want to invest over 14,000 in running back? Um, no, not at all. Hold that thought. Okay, I'll hold it. <laughs> so we've got Ford and Jacobs. Um, that's the running backs. Then I go to my quarterback. 
quarterback also feels really thin this week. So again, I look to the matchups. I actually don't love this quarterback in general, but based on his price point and his presumed number one wide receivers price point, I decided to put the stack in. I always like to put in a quarterback wide receiver stack. So I've got Jordan Love and Christian Watson. Jordan Love is 5,800. Christian Watson is 5,600. The Broncos defense is atrocious. And I'm hoping that I can get 100 yards and one or two touchdowns from that pair. And then potentially a few more touchdowns from Jordan Love on top of that. Couple that with the fact that just a minute ago I said I don't want to play Aaron Jones until I see him fully healthy for a game. Aaron Jones will take some targets away. I don't anticipate that being part of the game plan there. If anything, the Packers go up big early, and it's a lot of A.J. Dillon to essentially give Aaron Jones yet another bye week to get that hamstring back in shape. So that's my quarterback and one of my wide receivers. Um, the next wide receiver I chose is actually a pretty contrarian play. Um, because the matchup is not great against the Atlanta Falcons, but I do have Mike Evans slotted in there. Mike Evans is seeing a ton of targets from Baker Mayfield. He's a contested catch specialist. He's a red zone specialist. He's at 7,100, so he actually is the priciest wide receiver that I chose. But even at 7,100, 75 yards and a touchdown with six catches is going to cover that price point. Okay. It's interesting because I was I was kind of like trying to poke around at some other potential lineup ideas and a party move was thinking like, oh, maybe like a Geno Smith against Arizona would be good. And then I was like, oh, if I would want to stack him, maybe a cheaper wide receiver like uh, JSN at 3,900. And then I realized my lineup had Kenneth Walker, JSN, and Geno Smith. And I was like, do I like the Seahawks that much? <laughs> against the uh, Cardinals? Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Absolutely. it might be worth time. Gino was in consideration for me. Um, the reason why I actually didn't end up going the Gino route was because Metcalf is nursing a few injuries. Tyler Lockett's been limited in practice all week. They're both expected to play. But because of those two reasons, that's exactly why I would go all the way down to stack him with a $3,900 JSN. Okay. Um, so I don't hate that play at all. Would you Would you be like, oh, that's a little too much if I include Kenneth Walker in that mix, you think? Or is that like you're just all in on the Seahawks and hopefully it works out? If it wasn't against the Cardinals, I would say it's probably too much exposure, but that defense is Might give us <laughs> Might give us the points we need. <laughs> You know, Ken, Ken Walker is one of those running backs where he'll run into the back of his line 12 times in a row, and then he'll all of a sudden break one off for 74 yards, and your day's made. Yeah, would love to see it. I'm entering so, this into a free lineup, by the way, so I'm just going loosey-goosey with my lineup. Yeah, don't, don't hate that build at all. Um, and then to round out my third wide receiver, I'm taking a number one on his team. 
he has been quietly very consistent. I actually, for this player, don't think that the DraftKings price has caught up with how actually good he's been this year. He's actually on the other side of that Seattle game. I've got Marquise Hollywood Brown as my third wide receiver. Statistically, Seattle is the worst defense against wide receivers. They may be getting two of their cornerbacks back this week, but Hollywood is averaging, I believe, just under nine targets a game and has been consistently scoring in half PPR formats about 12.5 points per game. In full PPR, that jumps up to about 16. So he's actually been a, a very consistent wide receiver this year so he's kind of like my little safety blanket i expect him to you know score me about 16 points and for fifty three hundred dollars i'm very happy with that yeah if he scores a touchdown then all of a sudden he's a great play yeah i was gonna say that price seems really nice like i was starting to look for him and i was like he's really this slow yeah a little bit surprising Mm -hmm. so that gets us to tight end Tight end is a position that I absolutely hate in fantasy football. I think it should be completely removed and that all leagues should be wide receiver slash tight end flex and nobody should be required to start a tight end every week. Of course, you're still going to be, you know, you're still going to be playing the Travis Kelsey's, the TJ Hawkinson's, the Mark Andrews of the world. Um, But I just don't see any reason why, somebody needs to be starting Cole Komet every week when instead they could put in, I don't know who's a good example here off the top of my head. They could be putting in uh, Romeo Dobbs. Sure. Totally reasonable wide receiver. But yeah, that I honestly think you could just like call it receiver. It's You don't have to be wide. You could be tight. Yep. Either way. <laughs> Yep, which is why I've been advocating in a lot of my leagues to go to the wide receiver tight end flex. Yeah. So that if people still want to play their tight end, they can still play their tight end. Um, But honestly, if you look at the tight end position in the NFL right now, they're just glorified slot receivers. Yeah, or they're blockers, so they don't catch it. (laughs) Right. It's one of the others. Or or they're George Kittle, who's going to block for 10 games of the year and then be an absolute animal for the other six. Yeah. Good luck guessing which game are those six. Start them every game. doesn't matter. Yeah. So then we get down. Oh, so we're at tight end. Um, Yes. This guy's coming off an injury, so it's a little bit questionable. Um, He's mostly in my lineup here as a contrarian play, but it's the third worst defense against tight ends. They have been historically bad against tight ends for like the last four years, I believe. Um, He's going up against the Rams. I got Pat Fryer. Because he's been injured since the start of the year, he is all the way down at 3,900. Saving a little bit of money there. Great matchup, seems to be healthy, Uh, seems like that bye week for the Steelers really, really helped get that entire lineup healthy. And for 3,900, I will take my shot there. Because of the injury thing, I can see him being just a little bit contrarian to, I would guess, probably no more than 17, 18% rostered. So then we get down to my flex, which is where I started to play a little bit. 
With my remaining budget, the best wide receiver I could put in was Puka Nakua. Love having Puka Nakua in that spot. But I said to myself, you know what? Let me just scroll down this flex list and see who I might run into who I like. And the first name that I saw that I really liked with a really good matchup was Kenneth Walker. (laughs) Spoilers. Sorry. Excuse me for the coughing. Um, I am nursing a little fall cold right now. Um, So I put Ken Walker in, and lo and behold, I had $700 of my budget remaining. I love to see it. You know, I obviously didn't plan that, um, but that's awesome. I'm glad I identified someone that eventually made it in the lineup. I apologize for stealing the thunder a little bit there, though. (laughs) It's all good. Um, (laughs) So because I have that $700 remaining, I did a little bit more tinking around with the lineup that I just told you guys all about. But I ultimately decided that I would indeed like to spend up a little bit on my DST because the Bills have absolutely been murdering the Patriots' defense over the last three years. So I actually went all the way up the full $700 and put the Lions' DST. They're the number one defense against the run. Um, that should help to contain Lamar. The Ravens offense doesn't scare me. Uh, Zay Flowers has been a revelation this year. Obviously, Mark Andrews is really good, um, but I do think that they will be able to get a turnover to a few sacks. I am anticipating a low-scoring game there. I believe it's in Baltimore. Um, Jared Goff outside of his home dome typically not quite as good. I just feel a little bit more comfortable with the Lions. So that's the build this week. It's Jordan Love at quarterback, Jerome Ford, Josh Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker in my flex. I have Hollywood Brown, Mike Evans, and Christian Watson at wide receiver, Pat Fryermuth in at tight end, and the Lions defense and special teams. Excellent uh, lineup, in my opinion. Uh, I I like the thought process. I like. I didn't. I didn't quite understand the starting with defense, worst defense first, but like when you walk through it and then see like what's your budget, and then kind of decide like, do you want to upgrade your defense at that point? Like, I, I think that's a really good way to do it because defense is yeah. like the thing you don't want to invest in, but if you have leftover budget, you might as well. Exactly, and. Any team can get a random pick six and be guaranteed a baseline of six points. Um, sort of like the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. <laughs> Any team can get three or four sacks and give themselves a baseline of three. Yeah. So defense is kind of, you know, you never really know what's, what's going to happen. You can kind of try to project it, but ultimately – by freeing up more money for your wide receivers and running backs, you're going to be scoring better in these tournaments than if you go all the way up and spend $4,700 on a defense and all of a sudden you have 2000 left to spread around to the impact playmakers. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. All right, should we, uh, should we get back to the NASCAR stuff? 
I hope everyone enjoyed the the football side. Let's do it. All right, so we were in Vegas. Um, it was a pretty straightforward race. Um, Truex tried to make a weird strategy call, and it sounded like, I mean, I listened to Dirty Mo Doe already, and Steve Letarte kind of gave a really good explanation of why it was a bad pit call. It's not that, like, basically, Josh, he stayed out on on old tires. And, like, you know, so far this year, track position has been very important, and it makes sense. You might want to stay out on old tires make up some track position and he thinks it, you know, maybe could have worked out if enough people did it um, with him so that it wasn't like all the people with fresh tires immediately caught him. But the issue was Truex was already in fourth. He didn't need to make up ground. It was middle of the race and he just tried to gain ground. He didn't need to gain essentially. Um, And it ended up setting him back and then he never really got back to where he was. So back bad pit call for him. Uh, Kyle Larson somehow, the around the same time in the race. I don't remember the specifics, to be honest. But uh, he basically came off turn two and uh, looked like he was going to crash, but managed to just put the back rear bumper corner of the car against the wall, and it sort of straightened him out as he caught it. Um, really impressive uh, just save by him. And then he goes on to win the race and advance to the championship four. So really a kind of like I'm him moment for Larson if if he wanted one. Um better than anything Hamlin's done, despite what Hamlin talks, big game. Uh both Hamlin and Byron were like decent, but not as fast enough to catch Larson. Um and we already talked about the Blaney penalty, but he ended up sixth in reality, regardless of what the betting world says. Um, and then Chris Busher just not doesn't have the speed he had in, earlier in the season to really keep up and stay in the top 10, get stage points and kind of have a good shot. So Busher kind of needs to win at this point. I guess he could at Martinsville. That's probably his only shot. Um, and right now at the cut line after this most recent race, there's like two points separating every Joe Gibbs racing driver. And, you know, if those are the three that make it or if those are the three that are battling to make it, only two of them will make it in. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But any, yeah, I any wonder if that has, uh, I wonder if that has any bearing on Christopher Bell's stance of that was his last best chance. Cause he's got two guys with a little bit of seniority in that team racing with him too. I wonder if there would be a nudge, nudge. Let's, let's get Truex and Hamlin in there. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be tough for anyone to really like have a anything that to really give uh, like I don't know what Christopher Bell could do that would really benefit the 11 and 19, I guess, other than like letting them buy. But um, yeah, I guess if the cut line stays that close, it, it could be the case. I, I wouldn't expect that to happen, though. I don't think of like as much as the team orders could come into play. It's just not as prevalent as like you might see in F1. So I don't know, though. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, FanDuel lineup-wise, uh, we both did pretty well um, based on what we drafted and what I ended up putting into uh, the lineup and my my bets for the weekend. Um, but minimum sort of, like, should have scored points or, or uh, been in the money, I should say is a uh, score over 300 this week. Uh, if you wanted three X need to be near the 320 mark, the winner in the tournament I was in was at 354 and ideal was 360. So 
Uh, I had a lineup with 306 that I put in that had Larson and uh, Suarez, who were both ideal lineup guys. Um, so that lineup paid off, gave me 2x. And then I had two units on uh, Larson to win and then a smattering of units on other drivers. But uh, he ended up paying off. I uh, put six and a half units in, got 11 out. So netted four and a half units on six and a half. That's pretty good for a for a NASCAR weekend. Helped helped me feel better about my awful NFL bets. <laughs> so... Hopefully that goes better this week. I, I already didn't bet on Thursday night, which um, is probably for the best because it's happening right now, and I don't I don't know who's going to win. Um, but Josh, you drafted you drafted way better than me. You had an awesome lineup. Yeah, the five and the six in there was absolutely what it needed to be. Um, going with the homer pick of Harvick to round the lineup out wasn't the best thing, but it also didn't kill me. Um, but nice to see that you had the 99 and we also hit the one on our guys we missed. So four of the five drivers in the ideal lineup were discussed last week. Yeah. That's, that's what we try to do is give you the guys we think are good and, and track house showed up. They had two cars, ideal lineup. We had Larson obviously. And then, um, I didn't expect, uh, Christopher Bell to do as well as he did, but his pit crew only really cost him the last position, which was very important for the win, but <laughs> didn't cost him in terms of overall scoring, like didn't take him out of the top five. Um, so that that was nice for him, uh, but Hamlin didn't quite make it in. Byron didn't quite make it in at their high price points. Uh, so yeah, the, the real uh, buy low was really the track house team and then uh, Keselowski right at that cutoff at 9,000. All right, pretty pretty straightforward race there. We're moving on to Homestead this weekend. Um, first time they're going to be there. I, for whatever reason, I thought they were going there here twice this year, but I guess that was last year, not this year or something. I don't remember. But first time they're visiting this year, 400-mile race, 267 laps, uh, very much a ride-the-wall type of racetrack. So the 5 and the 45, probably going to be the guys. Um, oh shit, Josh! I meant to send you the paint schemes for twenty three eleven racing this week. Have you seen or heard of them? I have not. All right, I'm, I'm going to send them to you, and I just want to get your reaction on the podcast. All right, I've I have sent the Instagram posts of the twenty three eleven paint schemes to your phone. Oh, the Hamburglar. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I like it. And Grimace. Bubba's driving the Grimace. That's a slick car. Oh, Grimace isn't on what you sent me. I sent you both, didn't I? Oh, oh I don't know. Maybe you did, but now I'm on the Grimace car. <laughs> it's I just incredible. Think I like Bubba's car a little bit better. Yeah, but like Maybe just now, because it's not quite as busy. Yeah, no, the hamburger one is obnoxious, but like I like that it's obnoxious. Like I, I like I feel like it's the right like it should be obnoxious, and it's doing what it should do. Um, but like, what would be better than Tyler Reddick doing something to like steal the win late in the race? They can be like the hamburger steals the win. Like that would be so good. 
I just like the connection to Michael Jordan again. Because Michael Jordan McDonald's is a tale that's about as old as I am. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> if you notice, the 2311 cars that are owned by Michael Jordan tend to have a lot of McDonald's and Nike and uh, uh, Jordan brand paint schemes. So I, it feels like every week Tyler Reddick has a cool paint scheme that's a shoe. This week it's the Hamburglar, but typically it's been a, a cool Jordan shoe. Yeah, the old Jordan shoe paint schemes have been awesome. Yeah. All right, so we know pretty much what's going to happen in this race. Caution comes out, pit for four tires, the high tire wear racetrack. Um, if they want to sneak two co- or uh, two pit stops in per stage, they can. They'll probably just do one unless, like I said, there are cautions that come out. But even if they do pit- two pit stops per stage, they're going to have an extra set at the end. So um feels like tires won't be a huge issue unless there's like cautions every 15 laps, I guess. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out, but are you ready to do the draft thing? I am. All right. And I believe you have the first pick this week. I do, which means I can lock in Larson as my lock because he won last week. He's really fast and this is probably his best track. I was hoping you wouldn't do that. You can't not do it in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely not. I'll take my consolation prize of the 45. That's fair. He's the next highest price for the same reason. I'll also lock him. And then I think I will go down to my buy low of the 16 of AJ Almendinger. Ooh, interesting. What's, What's backing up that pick? Uh, one race here, one win. In Xfinity? No, just kidding. He did not win. He was in the top five, but I will take top five. Yeah, that's he fair. Finished third, finished third in his one race. Wow. That's honestly kind of surprising. I, uh, I'm i looking at... So I added uh, basically any like mile and a half-ish track from this year and averaged out the finishing position... FanDuel scores and driver averages. And based on that, he actually is really good. I think it is. Okay. I mean, there you go. That that honestly, that's sneaky best pick I didn't see coming. So yeah, throw the uh, money bag symbol, the money bag emoji on there for me. I will take him as my bylaw. Yeah. All right, let's see. Um, I think I will try to find a way to save some money at this point. Um, I already have Larson is the most expensive, so I should probably try to grab my buy low. Just a question of who to take. Um, trying to look down below Almondinger. We've got Stenhouse at 5,500, Almirola 5,200, Briscoe, Priest, basically SHR. Uh, McDowell? I kind of, you know what? McDowell's going to perform better than the price point of 4,500. Like, I, I don't think McDowell's going to win the race. I don't think he's going to contend to make it through to the next round of the playoffs. But 
or he can't, I guess. I don't know why I said that, but <sighs> I feel like at 4,500, that's such a cheap price that like, he's going to be good enough to make up for that. And I, it'll give me budget to spend. Um, so, so I, I'll stick with the 34 there. Um, and I'll make him my buy low. And then I, think... I don't hate it. That's really all you're looking for is at your buy low is somebody to be worth the dollar amount. Yeah, and then I think what I'll do is I'll take the other best Ford available and I'll go Busher at eighty two hundred. I remember him having a good race here, start of last year. Um may not may not pan out, but I feel like he's been consistent enough. He's he's also good at that eighty two hundred price. That leaves me with eleven point five left per driver, basically. So gives me a lot of options on the board. Um, which hopefully will pay off, or maybe I just gave you too many options. Uh, I don't know if you gave me too many options. Um, but I am going to go kind of a mid-upper range driver. I'm going to take the one of Chastain. And... Boy, I would love to find a way to squeeze Denny or Truex in here, but they might just be trying to hang around. They both have good finish positions. Denny's won here. Denny's led considerably more laps than Truex, and he was kind of my lean between the two. I feel like these up high on the racetracks don't really tend to go toward Truex's strength. So I think I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to put the 11 in to my lineup as well. Um, that leaves me with 9,200 left for my final driver. Okay. I like the pick. I was kind of... I was basically deciding between everyone under the top two that we've already picked of Byron, Hamlin, Truex, and Bell. Um, so picking Hamlin there, I I considered Byron, but I think if I did that, I would probably go Chevy. I would lean more Chevy than I want um, or more Ford than I want. I, I don't really have a Toyota in the price point. Like I feel like I need the 11, 19, or 20 because I need a Toyota and I need one of those Toyotas. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Bell. Um, it's risky, again, because of the pit crew to me, but uh, I, I'm just going to hope that he can ride the momentum of the second place that he had. And then I, I also want to put in Kyle Busch because, honestly, like he's out of the playoffs, but he did really well in Vegas. Um, showed a lot of speed, had a good finish. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'll take the Homer pick. That's fine with me. It gives me two Chevys, two Fords, and a Toyota. All right. So you have Larson, McDowell, Busher, Bush. Who am I missing? Bell. Ah, yes. We'll see if he's uh, just being modest with his statements. We shall see. All right, and I need a Ford, so I'll take the best left on the board. I'll take Kozlowski. Yep, that's a great choice. Would If I had played like some level of defense and taken Kozlowski, would you have gone Blaney, you think? Yep. Okay. 
So does that mean Blaney sh- should be in guys we missed? I would say so. Along with the 24, I would say. Byron's one here. Trex is one here. I don't think we can fit all three of them, but I'd be curious what that looks like. 24, 19, and 12. And it's actually not bad. Oh, FanDuel is such a weird thing because it's so much easier on the app. <laughs> so if we did the 20, 12, 24, and 19, it leaves us with 8,750 average for the last two spots, which I think is totally reasonable to grab somebody in the lower end and then somebody on the little bit higher end of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um I feel like Eric Jones sticks out to me a little bit. Um, maybe Austin Dillon. Austin I feel Dillon like... has two top tens in the last three races here. Okay, that stat actually is convincing me. I was going to push back on that because of recent results. I feel like he hasn't really gotten the finishes. He's always had some issues, but this could also be a bounce back. I don't think that'll last forever. And if he's, he probably has confidence here if he's finished well here. So that, that might be enough to, to get him up there, especially at 6,500. It's cheap. I just um, get the vibe of um, this being a little bit of a fly by the seat of your pants race and him being a little bit of a fly by the seat of your pants driver. Yeah. So with that, I think the next best available drivers that are left are Chase Elliott, Chris Busher, or I'm sorry, I took Busher, didn't I? Yep. Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick. Ty Gibbs, Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez. Uh, I almost feel like I kind of lean toward Bowman, but I don't hate throwing grimace into the lineup. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, for the for the grimace, you know what? Paint paint scheme tiebreaker right there. I think. Um, give it to the twenty three. He's been good too. Like even he got eliminated, but he ran really well in the playoffs. Like while we were uh, not podcasting, he was doing a great job. Um, so. Uh, I I like that pick actually um, for that reason, and it gives us two Toyotas and the guys who missed lineup, which seems appropriate. I agree. All right, we got our blocks. We got our guys we missed. Our buy lows. Um, I did have one little extra lineup I can toss out there that I put together. Um, obviously, it contains the five and the forty-five, so I wouldn't have been able to draft it. Um, but if you go 545 and then the 38 of Todd Gill and down at 3000 and then the 42 of John Hunter Nemechek making his first start for the 42 team in preparation for driving the 43 car next year when it's a Toyota, not a Chevy, because he's a Toyota driver. So it's a weird thing going on there. <laughs> but I think I think he'll do well in that car because Carson Hosevar has done well. And then uh, I put Byron in there. So I've got basically three of the most expensive guys, and then Gil, Lind, and Nemechek. 
Is you need Gillen and Nemechek to get top twenties, and then yeah, and then one of the two of the two of the three top five, one of them winning, and the other still in the top ten. I need I need a dominator in my top three out of those three, like, and then I just need the other two to be top five, top ten, advancing on their position or finishing well, really well. Yep, I like it. All right. Are we is Homestead Miami uh good weather this time of year? Eighty seven and sunny, baby. All right. Should be the championship race, but oh well. Maybe maybe not next year, I guess, but next next year. Yeah, one of these days we'll get out of Phoenix, right? Yeah. All right, everybody, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>